The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. Hello, welcome to Grace in Focus on this Tuesday. Today, Ken Yates and Bob Wilkin will look at a question about the word called in Matthew 22 and in Romans 8. What does it mean to be called? Is this the evidence that divine election to salvation exists? What about justification in Romans chapter 8? Ken and Bob will explain the possibility of meanings and the implications and conclusions with these different possibilities. It's an important conversation. Afterwards, I'll share more with you about Grace in Focus and the Grace Evangelical Society and our website, faithalone.org. Well, here we go with our discussion. Here are Ken Yates and Bob Wilkin. Hey, we're back. What's up there, Ken? Uh, Stop me in. Okay, well, Tom has a great question that that kind of involves two passages of Scripture, and it deals with the uh, Greek word kletos, which is called. He says in Matthew chapter 22, verses 11 through 14, this is the parable that the Lord gives where there's a wedding feast. And many people are invited to this wedding feast, but they said, oh, I can't come. I can't come. Most don't come. They don't come. But some do accept the invitation. Right. And one of the people who accepts is not wearing his tuxedo. Exactly. In fact, it seems like he's got some dirty jeans on and maybe a wife beater t-shirt or something like that. With his cigarette pack rolled up in the uh, the the sleeve. Right. And And he looks like the Fonz or something. That's exactly right. Fawns without his hair combed well. And he is thrown out of the wedding feast because he is not wearing the right clothes. And, and he's cast into the outer darkness. Yeah. And by the way, isn't in our magazine coming up, isn't this going to be one of the articles? I can't remember. Oh, with the wedding. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, I think this is. So, yeah. Just putting in a plug for the magazine there. It's got the same name as our podcast. There you go. Grace, Grace and Focus. What was the name again? Grace and Focus. There you go. So this guy is kicked out, and he's kicked out into the outer darkness, and there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then in verse 14, here's, here's the key for the question. The Lord says, for many are called, and there's the word, kletos, many are called, but few are chosen. And then in Romans 8, verses 30 through 33, Bob's going to read that for us. Uh, Romans eight twenty-eight to 30. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. The called there is kletos, right? Mm-hmm. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And then verse 30, I think, is the verse that Tom's asking about. Moreover, whom he predestined, all of these are past tenses, whom he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, these he also called, I would say this would be called to rule with Christ, called to be partners with Christ, whom he called, these he also justified. I don't think this is justification by faith. I think this is vindication at the judgment seat of Christ. And even though these are all past tenses, this is a future. These are those whom he will vindicate or justify at the Bema, and whom he justified, these he also glorified. And again, this doesn't refer to some past glorification. This refers to future glorification with Christ. And I think this goes back to Romans eight seventeen. All children of God are heirs of God, and those who suffer with Christ 
will be joint heirs with Christ. Because in verse 18, he begins to talk about suffering. For I consider that the sufferings of this present age are not worthy to be compared to the glories which are going to be revealed in us, right? And those glories are going to vary depending on what we did with this life. And the degree that we suffered with Christ, for example. So the called are those who are invited to be co-heirs with Christ. Well, let me read the question exactly as Tom puts it. He puts it so hypothetically... And here he's talking about the guy in Matthew 22. Right. One can be, now this is his word, justified. It seems like he's saying called is justified there. One can be justified yet be judged unfit and cast into the outer darkness. Because he says in Romans 8.30, those who are called are justified. Okay, that's how he gets it. And in Romans 8.30, he's saying those who are called are justified. But then in... Matthew 22, he says, the one who is called or justified is unfit and cast into outer darkness. Well, that's a misunderstanding of both passages. Right. In the Romans 8 passage, you have to suffer with Christ in order to be justified and glorified with Christ. And the justified there is vindicated at the judgment seat of Christ in its future. It's not saying that all who have been called or invited are going to be vindicated at the judgment seat of Christ, or that they're all going to be co-glorified with Christ. What it's saying is, if we suffer with him, we'll reign with him. And by the way, that fits with Romans 8, 31 to 39, because all of that is what can separate us from the love of God and Christ. As we are walking with Christ in fellowship with him, and we suffer persecution, can any of that separate us from God's love? No. And if he, you notice in there, it talks about we are slaughtered. We are like sheep led out to be slaughtered. And so, that's suffering with Christ. Exactly. That whole passage is talking about suffering. And by the way... And it's not eternal security. 31 to 39 is not about eternal security. It's about future glorification if we suffer with him. Yes, and it goes back even further than that. At the beginning of chapter 8, it's walking by the Spirit. This is not talking about all believers. Right, it, Romans 8, 1. Right, to those who There's walk, no slavery to sin to, to those, those who are in Christ Jesus. Who walk by the Spirit and not by the flesh. Right, that all informs our understanding of Romans 8.30. What Tom has done here is he has assumed that these verses is talking about eternal security at the end of chapter 8. Matter of fact, even in the question, I didn't read it, but he sees the word called as elect. You can tell by his question, he's thinking the elect is those who are elected to eternal life. Yeah, see, I don't think there's such a thing as election to eternal life. I don't think there's a verse anywhere in the Bible that teaches that. But let's come back to his question about Matthew 22. And he said, is there such a thing as a justified person who will be cast into the outer darkness? Was that his question? Yeah. How can one be justified and be judged unfit and cast into outer darkness? And let's assume by justified, he's not going to Romans 8, so we don't have to get into that whole discussion, which we've already done. Right. But that what he means is, how can a person be born again or forensically justified, righteous before God, and yet be found unfit in terms of this wedding feast? And how can they be cast into the outer darkness? There's an article by Greg Sapaw. Greg used to be the chairman of our board. Greg wrote his master's thesis on this passage. And he wrote an article for our journal from his thesis. So go to faithalone.org, Tom, and you'll be able to see the article. It's a very good discussion. 
There's also another article by uh, Michael Huber, and Huber wrote his thesis on the bigger issue, which is the outer darkness, not just in Matthew 22, but it's also in Matthew 8, and it's also in Matthew 25. And so he took on all three passages. Both Huber and Sapaw argue that the outer darkness is not hell, but the outer darkness literally should be translated the darkness outside the joyful feast that's going on, the party that's going on. And Zane Hodges in some of his writings talk about the same thing. In fact, there's a book by Zane Hodges and me, which is a transcript of some of the talks we did. We recorded some talks together. If you go to faithalone.org and go to our bookstore, you can see there's a book on the outer darkness. And we discuss the three passages. And guess what? It only occurs in Matthew 8, Matthew 22, Matthew 25. Nowhere in the epistles, nowhere in the book of Revelation, nowhere in the Gospel of John, nowhere in Acts, nowhere in the Old Testament. Just those three passages. You may say, wait a second. The outer darkness has got to be hell. But if you notice, this guy is in the kingdom here in Matthew 22. He's at the feast. The king calls him friend. Right. We should probably understand this as the judgment seat of Christ, which I take it is for those people who are about to go into the kingdom. So he's not quite in the kingdom yet, but he's on earth and he's not going to be cast to the lake of fire. He is not at the great white throne judgment. No. He is going into the kingdom in a matter of months or days. We don't know. Right. And the problem here is his garments are not proper. And remember in the book of Revelation, we're told that the white garments are the righteous deeds of the saints. So this guy is not dressed properly because his deeds are not pleasing to God. The question that Tom is basically asking is, is there such a thing as a believer who is not pleasing to God? Of course not. (laughs) How could you possibly have a believer that was out of fellowship with God? I mean, there's no verses in the Bible that teach that, are there? Oh, I could think of one or two. Oh, can you really? (laughs) Yeah. How about the prodigal son? Right. I mean, he's off in the far. How about the book of First Corinthians? Uh, The whole book. A whole lot of people had problems. Or Colossians with the Colossian heresy or Galatians. Galatians. They're being bewitched. Who has bewitched you, you morons? (laughs) He doesn't call them morons. But there's a whole lot of this, right? And so anybody that reads the New Testament. Well, the five churches of Revelation that he says, you got to repent. Or how about the letter to the Hebrews? Sure, yeah. There's five warning passages. So if you take all the warning passages in Scripture, there's really, Tom, two ways to take those warnings. Well, three. If you don't persevere, you're going to lose your salvation. A second way to take it is if you don't persevere, you're not going to get final salvation or eschatological salvation. And you may say that's because you were never born again in the first place. Or there's a lot of Calvinists now who say, no, no, you can be born again in the first place, but eschatological salvation is future and contingent on perseverance. Which is such a bizarre view. Which is a bizarre view. But the third view is you're born again, but whether you're going to rule and reign with Christ depends on whether you persevere. And so the warnings are warnings that you'll be judged in this life and warnings that you'll be judged when this life is over. Yeah, the bottom line on all this is that the the man in Matthew twenty two fourteen is a believer. All believers are called to reign with Christ. But only some are, are chosen. chosen to rule. And the same thing is found in 2 Peter 1.10, make your calling and election sure. 
That is calling to rule with Christ and being chosen to rule with Christ. And we know that because 2 Peter 1.11 says, For so a rich entrance to the kingdom will be provided to you. It's a rich entrance. And that's a connection with Romans 8 as well. The call there are those who suffer with Christ and walk by the Spirit are those who are going to be glorified with Him and reign with Him. That's super. So if you want to reign with Christ, how do you do it? Keep Keep grace grace in focus. focus. We got to do that together. (laughs) Thank you both for that great discussion. Would you be interested in some free eBooks on topics you hear on this program? Well, if you are, you need to come visit us at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. On the site, we've got all kinds of free materials. But one of our popular options is our free ebooks on a range of subjects. They're designed to help you mature and grow in your understanding of the faith and scripture. So come visit us at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. We are so thankful for our financial partners who keep us on the air. Every gift is tax deductible and very much appreciated. If you'd like to find out how you can give, go to faithalone.org. Would you like to have a chat with Dr. Bob or one of the guests here on the program? Let me tell you how to reach out to the team. You can get us on our email address, which is radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. On the next Grace in Focus, Philippe Sterling will join Bob Wilkin. They'll be talking about God's providence in Philippe's life as a prologue to a short study on the book of Ruth over the next few days. Please plan to join us. This is the Grace Evangelical Society reminding you to always keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.